everybody, welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker and I am a Chicago musician as well as a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is a show where I use my experience as a counselor to address issues that are relevant to musicians and other creatives with a special focus on uh, mental health issues, but we explore other things here too. Uh, hey Krissa. Um, so today we're going to have Sasha Mullen on. I'm going to ask him to come on in just a second, but let me make a few uh, quick announcements about some upcoming guests. So this Friday I have Blake Norris, who is in charge of artist relations over at AudioTree. He's going to be talking about his experience, um, how AudioTree is looking these days. They've been really impacted, I think positively in some ways, by the um, quarantine. And Blake Norris has some personal uh, journey with mental health that he wants to talk about too. So he'll be on on Friday. On Saturday, Eric Hall is a label mate of mine on Western Vinyl. He has a brand new album out that's really good. Um, so that's Eric Hall on Saturday. On Sunday, Chicago artist Ty Maxson, who's long been one of my favorite artists here in Chicago. He's amazing. And he also has an album that came out just a little bit ago. It's, it's, it's a new album too. And then on Monday, Stephen Paul Smoker of SB Smoker is going to be on. So I've got a really great lineup this weekend. I've got a lot of other people coming on uh, down the road too. So stick around. I'll be making those announcements. And then one more announcement is that on Thursday, June 4th, I'm going to be doing a live stream on Shuba's, uh, the Shuba's Lincoln Hall Instagram. That's on June 4th. Um, I think it's at 7.30 p.m. So I'll be playing some songs, and I'm going to commit right now to playing some new songs as well as some old songs. So... Um, with that being said, uh, Sasha Mullen, why don't you go ahead and connect to join, and uh, and we'll we'll talk a little bit to him today and see how he's been doing. So he'll just request to join. Oh, we did it! We did it! The future is now. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm pretty swell. I'm I'm wearing a hat because we've reached that point in quarantine where only a hat can tame us. But I'm not. Your hair is uh, it's getting out of control. You haven't shaved it yet, like a lot, some other people are doing. Well, I think I would be. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's on the docket right now. I, I think that maybe at that point I might have my SNL moment. But you know, <laughs> it seems a, seems a little inappropriate. Um, so I got. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. It's been, it's been a really good comfort to watch um, for the past however long this has been going on, actually. It's been like a nice little ritual about 2.30. And um, I think that you, you're a very empathetic listener. And I think that you're very intent on sussing out really good things out of people. So I'm excited for today. I am too. Thank you for being on. This is episode, uh, I think it's 29. So yeah, started around, I mean, this was sort of my own response to the quarantine and combination of you know, my music and, and also my, my day job as a counselor and kind of trying to put that to some use to people. So I'm glad to hear that it's been resonating. Yeah. Well, so let's, okay. So the first question I ask everybody is what did your life look like before quarantine? Did you have a, a daily or a weekly routine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd reached the point where I was kind of working three jobs at the same time. So it's it's kind of a, it's kind of strange going from three like always working and then to kind of being in this outer outer space world like I, it almost feels like i'm going into space like i'm prepping and then the, the rocket lands and you go is that it <laughs> you know um because you because you always crave that free time and now it's just, it's really shocking to listen yeah to. um what were you doing what were your three jobs 
Uh, well, I'm a music educator, uh, so I teach a lot of private lessons and I do a lot of counseling, like in a um, in an armchair way, not in a licensed way, um, but more like mentorship for different uh, different young artists and different performers around town. And generally, and, how do you do that? Do you have a space where they come see you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I do. I've done some out of my apartment space. I've done some house calls, but generally, people come to the Burger Park Cultural Center. Mm -hmm. um, and this is again on the alternate timeline where that still exists. <laughs> I think yeah. that's what Shelby said yesterday. Um, and so it's a beautiful old building. I've been I've been working there. Uh, I have an office and a classroom there for about ten years. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then I, I also work for a small public relations firm uh, called Peter McDowell Arts Consulting, and they we we do a lot for mentoring and. Uh, doing press releases and and other you know other music advertisement kind of things for uh -huh. uh, like classical and jazz musicians mostly. Okay. And, and then my other job was uh, is working for Cafe Mustache. Mm -hmm. uh, I work as a door person and uh, help out with music stuff and yeah. So it's it's this interweaving thing of being in multiple facets. I've like triangulated musicianship as like yeah. an income, but it's, it's always about floating and servicing other people. But that to me is really fulfilling. Um, yeah. Well, and then you also do your own music. Yeah. Oh, well that, that's the theory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There, we got the, I can do the props. There they okay, are. Good. Well, this that's is how it. I feel. This is how I <laughs> So, um, yeah. Okay, so all of those, I imagine, well, so obviously the Cafe Mustache thing looks different now. You had mentioned that you're doing virtual lessons now. I want to talk about all this, but I'm just kind of getting a picture of, so what, what shifted about, about these three jobs that you had after the quarantine started? Hmm. Well, I, I mean, obviously there's, there's a sense of physicality uh, that's missing. Um, and so you're having to be significantly more psychic and abstract in helping people. Um, so like with adult students, um, there's a tendency of, of being able to get down with deeper philosophy. And with kids students, there's a, there's a tendency of like, okay, I got to wrangle you in here. So I teach people of all ages. And the computer thing is, is really hard for the kids, I think. Um, I find myself fe feeling really drained for them. Um, let me let me just so I'm not um, confused. Can you clarify what it is that you're teaching both the yeah. kids? And both? I'm, yeah, I'm teaching uh, voice and piano. Um, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so in ter in terms of like giving like a piano lesson, it's it's a little easier. Let me splinter that. It's easier to give piano lessons than it is voice lessons right now. If I'm completely honest, but um, it's not it's not without being creative. It just because I, I mean with piano lessons it's it's easier because people can physically like touch the piano and I, and I can moderate and be like okay we'll fix your curve here fix your posture there um, and all over video all over video and it's a trip with the kids because I'm like mm, I can actually see how you're practicing if you're practicing now <laughs> this, this is revealing um, and then with the adults who are always a lot of my voice students tend to be adults and they're always going through an existential crisis and I understand that. So now it's just doubled over for them because <laughs> it's, it's, it asks, it asks a lot to take a voice lesson in the first place because there's so much validation that people need on multiple levels. It's, mm 
it's incredibly it's a, it's a big ask to have people be super vulnerable and ask them to intentionally sound ugly uh -huh. in certain like vocal technique things to be like this is totally counterintuitive but it's going to give you the result that you're actually asking for yeah um, and then in the middle of the lesson you know like sometimes i've had people reveal too much about divorces or things because it's it's an open space but this time I'm, I'm getting instead of that kind of thing i'm getting well today my basement flooded <laughs> you know and that's yeah and that that feels even heavier somehow it's not that the stuff wasn't heavy for them before it's just more so that they that it feels like it's more compacted on them and so as the uh assistant to them like as they're as their outside source to try to guide them, I'm feeling occasionally a little helpless uh, because I can't be there just to be like, hey, they're there, it's gonna be okay. And like, yeah. maybe I'll make you a cup of tea. Like those, those courtesies that we have in the physical space are being significantly more restricted. Yeah. Uh, it's harder to be a better friend, as it were, you know? Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling about it as a counselor? About <laughs> everything? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just to invert the question, if that's okay, how are, yeah. like, how how is the limitations? How have the limitations been for you? As far as working with clients, yeah, virtually, um, it it's not my preference. In some ways, it makes my lifestyle a little easier. I don't have a you know forty minute train commute each way. So, but yeah. as far as the actual work itself goes, um, you know, we've made it work. Um, and everybody adapted really easily, but there is just something, there's something that I can name, which is more just kind of reading people's body language and that physical proximity, but there's also something that I can't really name that's important that comes out of being together physically mm -hmm. that I think we're all missing and prefer. That being said, you know, I, I probably will um, offer like one day a week after this where I do virtual therapy because I think for some people it could be really convenient and maybe they don't want to do it all the time, but I think it's shown that it's possible to make it, to make it work. But certainly I miss my office. I miss just seeing people in person and having the full, the full picture. Something that you said I can relate to a lot, which is that part of, part of the deal and what's going on right now is that you can't fix it. It's just, you know, the situation is, is kind of what it is and we're just all kind of going through it, but there's no way to um, really make change to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Just if you're feeling anxious and you've got, you know, a kid running around all day and you're trying to work full time, it's just hard and there's really nothing you can do about that. So to a certain degree, there's that powerlessness feeling as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because you're trying to be the person that's in charge of being like, well, people are coming to you for comfort. Mm -hmm. People are coming to you for grounding. People need solid ground and they can't, they can't necessarily know that you're not doing well sometimes too. Yeah. But it's the, it's the mutual sense of vulnerability to be like, well, I'm asking you to be open so I can help shape your musicianship and bring you some sense of norma normality I guess, to your everyday routine because of what it was before. Mm -hmm. it, it's also like you need to give me the, <laughs> the same respect. And it's it's hard. It's really hard to ask that because I think people forget about uh, that. I guess we're human. We're all human. 
in this and it's easy to be like, oh, okay, well, here's a source and I'm just going to dump everything on you. And, and that, that's not, I'm not saying that to be a martyr or anything. It's just, it's just interesting to be like, oh, it's, it's a lot for everyone. Yeah. It's so much a lot because now people don't have little bits to reveal to friends throughout the day and people are building everything up, you know? Totally. Um, that's interesting to me that, you know, you do this kind of, this teaching of voice, but it sounds like it becomes this very vulnerable space where people really share. And that must say something about the relationship you develop with them too, that they're really sharing with you. They're going beyond just, I'm coming to you for voice lessons, but they're talking about these other things in their life that they're going through or feeling. Well, I think part of it is my philosophy on singing. Um, and I didn't become, I didn't take singing seriously for a long time. It was just something that I could do. Um, I was in my mom's kids choir when I was a child and, uh, and you know, it was always one of those things where it's like, I knew I had a, a decent voice, but it, it lacked character. And um, over the years, my relationship with singing changed because I was really inspired by um, these sort of niche female singers that were like bit part singers in, in the background of things. Uh -huh. um, there's a there's a woman named Emily Bindiger who I credit for a lot of my inspiration, and she she has like the, like the weirdest resume I've ever seen. Um, like she was like in, she sang with like Leonard Cohen, and then she was like in Cowboy Bebop. Like it's it's like uh -huh. these are dissonant things. But her connective tissue and being like, okay, what can you throw at me next, and how can I give to the music while still maintaining a style. I thought that that was really interesting to be able to bend to the will of like the composer or to the things that are needed of you, but still be able to be like, but this is why you really hired me. And I thought that that was cool. I thought when I was a kid that, uh, I think it was like the Coneheads movie <laughs> and the, the credits were rolling and there was someone singing in the, in the credits. I was like, oh, how do I become that? So I was really gravitating towards the outer edges of things. And I think that those sorts of uh, experiences informed how I've approached music in general, um, especially singing, because I think a lot of people put pressure on, am I enough of being a singer? And do I have a conventionally good voice? Like, if I can't hit diva notes, does that make me inadequate? Or am I too much if I'm always singing very big? So how can I thin my voice out to become really mm -hmm. small fragile? And I think I think it's it's a challenge in general because in contemporary music you should be able to be anything that you want to be and just realize that the things that you're viewing as weak are actually making you interesting. Uh -huh. And building sustainability with breath and placement is is one thing, but building sustainability from like accepting yourself is another. Hmm. I can see how yeah I mean I can see how those conversations would really lead into like just feelings of your musical identity and your own feelings of security or insecurity or self-esteem and how that might open up until people being very vulnerable with you in those ways. It sounds like you're really thinking about that side of things, not just technique. Well, I, yeah, because I think everyone has something interesting to offer, you know? Um, and there are people that have like barely any pitch control, but I still think they're really cool and engaging to listen to. Mm -hmm. Someone be magnetic and, and like, it's loaded, but authentic, you know? Uh -huh. And, I'm a teacher, I get to do that once. I did it twice, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would rather people be honest and human sounding and conversational than feel like they have to prove anything to themselves or to society or, you know, like mm -hmm. you can tape 
and you can always get better at being more technical, but you can't get better at being expressive unless you allow yourself that permission. And otherwise you're just mechanical, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't think that's cool. Like, I, I, I want people to be a musician and be a singer because it's something that they feel that they, they feel compelled to do, you know? And certainly some people are more pleasant to listen to than others. I will admit that. <laughs> I, I ain't a fool. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think a lot of it just has to do with self-acceptance and thinking about the psychology about, well, why are you, why are you singing this chord? Why, are you, why is the melody going this way and what is it painting with the lyric? And not everything has to be super deep either. Um, I think we can sing songs about dancing and that's cool. Uh, but more often than not, I find that people want to fall into a ballad. Um, I was talking about this with my roommate, Carrie, and she, she was like, I'm, I, I'm listening to sad music. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think because you might go through something traumatic, like we're all going through something traumatic right now. Yeah. And yet we feel comfort in the sad because it's like, I feel validated yeah. in something else. So it's not compacting it. It's just commiserating with people that we can't be with. Right. So how is that you're doing both voice and piano lessons virtually? Mm -hmm. Have you, have most of your people kind of made that, made that adaptation? Have you lost many clients through this? I know people probably going through job insecurity and that kind of thing. How is that, how did that change? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going through insecurity in some ways, just as a person, um, because you get, I, you kind of rest with the laurels and you go through like, oh, I got this, I got, I got my little template. Um, but in terms of job insecurity itself, uh, yeah, I've lost a lot of clients. Um, a lot of my elderly students and a lot of my disabled students, mm -hmm. um, have had significant difficulty with the online things. So I've just gotten these emails that are like, see you when this is over. And I'm yeah. <laughs> part of me, it's like, in five years is that right just promise me you'll, you'll practice what you weren't practicing already um and then some people some people have totally acclimated it to it great um there are definitely like a couple more like tech savvy kids and i've gotten i've like encouraged people and been like i'll give you an additional half hour if you can just help me help me help you <laughs> you know uh -huh. this is how you open zoom this is how you pray your computer doesn't crash that kind yeah. of so you you do that you work at cafe mustache which obviously is um closed right now and then i'm the third thing you said is what that you do uh pr cafe mustache is like right. un, undead right now like there's a delivery service and we're doing like a karaoke thing every sunday yeah 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 um but yeah like formally it's it's closed but yes yeah. you're right I, I forgot um i do see carrie's like amazing posters that she makes you know with the food they have and delivery and all that. We've got, we've got this like huge mural wall over here. I'm not going to show you though. It's like that Joni Mitchell interview where they, where they were like, oh wow, your paintings are great. And it's like 20 minutes of, of them just staring at things you don't show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's really kind of been a privilege to be like, yeah, there's some, there's some art that's uh, invigorating in itself. And working at Mustache is, is like, in a strange way, it's a, it's a privilege because that place has always meant a lot to me. And so when I got adopted into the family, it was like, oh cool, now I can pay it forward. And then in another way, it felt like an extension of the stuff that I do as a teacher and as a PR person, which is what you were asking. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, what about it? <laughs> what is that? I'm, I'm curious. I'm, you know, 
the sort of umbrella question is how does your life look differently now? So you're doing virtual lessons, you're helping out, I assume, in these more limited ways with Cafe Mustache with some of the services that they're offering, but not the work that you were doing before, right. um, the in-house stuff. And then how about with the PR stuff? Is that looking any different? Are you still working? Yeah, it, I'm working in a, in a limited capacity with that too because it's so strange because we had all these plans. Uh, we had we had a whole bunch of clients that were like performing at Carnegie Hall and and like in in Taiwan and it was it was like immense. We had these five five clients. They all had these packed schedules, and I was preparing all of these things. And then I had to write a bunch of newsletters to be like apologies, but this has been canceled. And okay. um, and so then it kind of went down to only a couple of clients right now because the other ones didn't have anything else to promote other than live performances. Mm -hmm. But luckily a couple of them had uh, had some CDs that they've released. And so we've just been like, well, let's try to accrue some more reviews for you. Or like, mm -hmm. let's, let's try to give you some pointers and maybe like have, maybe you can do a live performance on, on Instagram or mm -hmm. you know, other things that might not necessarily be in the purview, but still offering something. Um, so that's been, that's been a, a good challenge. I think because um, I think there's something rich about being able to offer so much advice <laughs> to people and then never take it myself. Um, because in terms of my own music, I'm always letting it go a little more fallow than I want. And I think yeah. working all the time, this is all looping together, I promise. I think working all the time, I had justified it as to being like, well, I'm currently unsigned as an artist. Um, and so I have to fund everything. And I want to make sure that people are compensated. So I got to And then I have bills to pay as a living human being, not just as a musician. And so then it was like, it, working all the time was like limiting my performance abilities. And then, and then I would like go in the studio once every three months and be like, okay, I'll see you on, <laughs> on the next interval. And having this time out has made me really reflect on like, how, why was I prioritizing that? Why was, why couldn't I have just been like, maybe I can make you a work, a work credit and bake you five pies or something, you know, um, just to get a little bit more connected to the reason that I'm doing all of this is because uh, I want to, I want to connect and make the work that I do feel more tangible. And I see that by imbuing advice through other people, but it's definitely made me reflect and be like, oh, I've really let myself go, you know, does that make sense? It, well, it does, but I want to ask you more about it. So sure. you, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying, you know, it's, it's caused you to take a step back this quarantine and kind of examine maybe the, where work was prioritized. Obviously you need to do a certain amount because you need to eat and live and pay your rent and all that stuff. But that something about this break has made you take a second look at where is your own music fitting into this and where is that priority? What is it about the break that has fostered that that reflection? Do you think? Mm, well, because you know how, like some people, when they're going through something traumatic, they might just work to suppress. Mm -hmm. And I think I was doing that. I think I was. I think I was overly justifying by being like, I like being helpful, and that's not that's not inaccurate. I like being helpful to other people. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to my own musicianship, I was starting to get to the point where people were kind of forgetting that I did music. Yeah. And, uh, and then I would just like, okay, well, I got to work more so that that way I really can pay for like good strings or I can really like get this singer to help me on this other thing. Um, 
and it just became more like stuff. It just became more like uh, realizing that by always working, mm-hmm. that I was denying myself the whole reason that I was do- I'm doing any of it. It's to yeah. allegedly build up the funds so that I can I can make the work. But I wasn't. I was never allowing myself any of the time to make the work. I was like I was afraid to, to take even like a week off to do anything because I was like, well, what if? What if I lose my my mojo? What if I lose my pattern with it? What if I lose my job? What if, you know? Um, so I, I kept thinking like if I just keep going and going and going, that eventually we'll get there. And now and now this has forced me to be like, hmm, was I ever going to give myself the permission to, for that eventual time? Mm-hmm. You know. So it, this reflection has made me be like, yeah, I think I should probably allow myself to think of myself as an artist again rather than as someone who does art. So what would that reshaping of, of your balance, how would that look? Let's, let's give it a, a given week or a given month. What would that look like? Um, well, what I've been doing in the past two months is that I've been working remotely. Um, and that's, that's an interesting challenge when, like, like as a teacher, how it's really helpful to be in the same space and like talk, mm-hmm. gesticulate with your hands. And yeah. my, my mother's side is very Italian. <laughs> um, it's, it's been helpful trying to, trying to get brevity. That's never been my strong suit. Uh, Cause I'm always looking at the abstract and trying to see things from multiple angles. And then sometimes it just makes me way more loquacious than I mean to be. Um, so that's been helpful. And in terms of like a long-term goal, like, like, let's say, where would I be in a month? Um, Like I'm giving myself the goal of, okay, well, if I can articulate in brief sentences, what it is I need to accomplish on this, this song in progress, Mm -hmm. then I can mail that off to people and give them tasks to do and then come back and then piece them together like a little tapestry. Uh And so that's, that's been good. I wasn't even doing something as simple as that. Um, and yeah, I, I think I just need to be kinder to myself, really. <laughs> I think I just, it's, yeah. Does, does yeah, that... I'm sure there's room for that. Yeah. How does, I mean, I would think too that being in PR and seeing, you know, the machine in a way of, of the industry would, would be a really valuable tool for planning your own let's say album and then release and then what that all is going to look like or touring or all of that how does do you do you feel that way do you apply what you use with other artists to your own music yeah um my first record uh for some context i i've made two records that have been released formally and um they the first record was a nightmare i was signed to a label um, and I didn't want to make the record. I was actually like a backing singer mm-hmm. in uh, a couple of like progressive rock bands around town in Chicago. And then like I'd sent a friend some demos cause he'd like, have you written any music for yourself? And then he thought he was doing a good favor by sending it to this label, mm-hmm. you know, like a record deal. And I was like, this is not where my mind space is. I don't want to be a solo artist. I, I want to be part of an ensemble. And that wasn't out of insecurity. It was just like, I, I enjoy bouncing off of other people, which I think reflects in the work that I've chosen to do. Uh-huh. Um, 
but then I was like, well, people, people are always wanting a solo record. People are, you know, people spend their whole lives. I'm thinking in the abstract here of like wanting that record deal. So I might as well do it. And I was so burned in the limited time that I had that it was about a year of being on a label. And I went to all these parties and I just felt like a complete fish out of water. And then the record was basically done. And then I got dropped and then I had to buy the rights to the record back. Now, like, so I got this like juice bar job (laughs) that paid pretty well for a while and, um, and bought the rights back, but I couldn't, I couldn't buy the, the mixed version. So I had to just haphazardly mix them and just go, okay, it's gone. It's done. I'm done with this. But then when I started working in PR, I was like, maybe this can give me some power back. Maybe if I ever do this again, mm-hmm. um, I can learn from it. And I did. And so my second record, um, I was able to uh, get really significant press for it internationally. Like mm-hmm. I, was, I was in like Wire magazine. Like I was on the BBC. And, and yet I'm like over here, um, you know, being little old me teaching a lesson. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, and maybe, maybe I should give myself permission right now to go tour. <laughs> And I wasn't even doing that because I couldn't afford it because um, I was paying back other people. And and I was I think I over rationalized uh, the, the need to constantly work at that time. But it was a really good uh, skill set to accrue. You know, like I'm really good at data entry. I've, I've gotten really good at um, understanding what kinds of emails people want from certain kinds of publications. Uh-huh dimensions people want for images and um so in going forward i was like all right now that i got this let's uh let's make another record (laughs) so that's okay so what okay i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot here if we're talking about the next 12 months what would you like your personal musicals to be over the course of one year this next year okay and we're assuming that we're going to we're going to live through this. Right? <laughs> yeah, let's just reality. It, it is what it is right now. Yeah. Uh, we'll assume that we'll, we'll yeah, see 2021. Yeah. Um, well, uh, so I've been, I, I wrote a record about three years ago. Um, I sifted through things and I've been recording it. And so my goal is to get it pretty, pretty solid in the next three months. Okay. I think, I think to finish it. And I think I can do it if I, if, um, I really knuckle down. Um, it's also hard because my collaborator, my, my producer Todd is, is busy a lot as well. Um, and he's a family man and he's got things. So there's always an excuse, but we're assuming that everything lines up and I'd say in three months I want the record done mm-hmm. and then I want to send it off to get pressed. And then I want to start setting up a tour because mm-hmm. I haven't given myself the luxury of that. And I've got this huge back catalog now and it can just be like me and a piano going across the country. I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally cool being the Tori Amos on that. No yeah. That sounds amazing. That sounds very possible. Yeah, I think it's totally possible. Yeah. World, world allowing. Yeah. World situation allowing. But yeah, 100%. Let me, let me ask, I'm, I'm going over, we had chatted a little bit before our, our talk today, um, and I'm just going over my notes of some of the other things that we had talked about bringing up. Um, we might have covered some of this, a lot of it, kind of talking about going virtual and some of the parts of your career that you feel like have have maybe been left a little bit to the wayside or neglected well. 
You're working with other people. How have you, let me, let me point back to just this, you know, the quarantine, this massive shift that we all went through. I mean, how have you been doing through all of this? How have you been feeling? Mm. Well, it's, it's a, it's a big seesaw. Um, there's been a couple of moments where I've, I'm, I've pondered if I was abducted by aliens or something because I just passed out in the middle of some TV show. Um, completely sober, <laughs> like having eaten. I, it's, it's really interesting to observe the fatigue. Um, and there's a lot of it. And then the other half of the day is when like, I'm great. Things are super good. Really happy. Uh, right now I'm good. Um, and I'm trying to not judge the sadness that comes because there's not necessarily any reasoning for it. Um, and I'm trying not to judge any of the fatigue. It's like, if my body needs to sleep, I'm going to let it do it. I have that luxury right now. So I'm actually using that as an extension for, you know, I was saying I need to be kinder to myself in general and follow my own advice as an artist. And I kind of need to follow my own advice as a person too. I need to be like, gotta sleep, just gonna do it. Yeah. And we have the luxury right now of doing that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, a lot of people, I, I, you, I'm sure you've talked to people and have an awareness of this too, but so many people, myself included, I mean, it comes in waves, you know, or it's, it's just really hard, but then some days feel like, okay, pretty good day. And then some days just feel like, you know, there's this big loss that's going on of plans and hopes and how things used to look and all that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think that's normal and natural and you just kind of have to let yourself, uh, or let those feelings move through you. Definitely. There's, there's pressure, I think, uh, you know, I think there's, there's, there was that pressure in the beginning of this where people online were kind of going like, if you don't build a new skill set, then you're wasting your time. Like, I don't, I don't really like that very much. I think if people need to spend the time they're spending it, then that's on them, you know? I don't right now feel the impetus to write music. Mm -hmm. And there's been this part of me that, you know, I've heard a couple of the other guests talk about, like, I'm going to write a song a day, I'm going to, that kind of thing. And that's cool, because that's their goal. And I'm hoping that people can learn to not just be kinder to themselves, but also to other people, and to remember empathy and all of this. Um, I'm worried about, uh, I'm worried about projection when it comes to that, because uh, it can be kind of violent. And, and just, well, like, why aren't you doing this? Why you should be doing this with your time or you're it's like, it's like, we're already experiencing that enough as artists to be, <laughs> to be like, yeah, what I'm doing is legitimate work. And when um, I have a roof over my head. Um, so if I'm not writing 20 songs in one day, then that's not a symbol of failure. Like if I'm not drawing something like, because it's what's expected of me, like, you can't churn that stuff out. You have to just let the waves, as you were saying, exist. And uh, yeah, it's there's there, every, every so often there's another pang of something going like, huh, judgment, <laughs> where's that coming from? No one's even really here. Yeah. Um, but it's because of something that you heard from something else or like different things that have crawled out and been like, are, are all of the choices I've made in life a reaction against someone else judging me? Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, one of the reasons that I wanted to start this, and in fact, my, the very second music therapy I did was more of an informational video called Feeling 
pressure to be creative while under quarantine because I feel like so many people are comparing and some people may be feeling inspired or may be working on things and that's great but I mean I can tell you that so many people I've talked to both in this series this music therapy series but also in my private practice as a counselor are having a really difficult time feeling inspired and working on things and that's that's a very common feeling right now I think when you're feeling the sense of just uncertainty about the future or having some degree of uncertainty or insecurity about what things are going to look like in, on a broad scale or on a personal scale or both. It can be hard to access that space where kind of inspiration comes from. And mm-hmm. um, that's reasonable. It's totally reasonable. And there's like guilt. I mean, the, the guilt that comes from not just that, but the guilt of what could have been as well. Mm-hmm. Like kind of sometimes infiltrate at the same time. So it's hard to centrifuge those two feelings. Yeah. I think Seema Cunningham was talking on the show about uh, just like, oh, I had this tour and we had to rush back. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like you can't, it's, it's hard to get your hook out of that because you're so addicted to the timeline that you were wishing <laughs> that you were planning. Right. right. You know, um, I, I was thinking, I was thinking about that a lot because I had these recording sessions set up too with a couple of people from out of town um, cause I grew up in Minnesota and I used to be in a vocal trio and over the past 10 years we've been like, is this the time to reunite? Is this the time? And it was never right. And then we got together late last year and we're like, yeah, it'll be good. So let's set this up. And then we had everything, yeah. everything that when the lockdown happened and I was like, how cosmic is that? <laughs> so I, I need to let it go. You know, it's going to happen when it happens. Um, but yeah, I, I'm so glad though that you know, that you're using this, this time and this opportunity and this outlet to, you know, like something I was saying in the beginning is like, we're trying to do things to feel validated. And in a, in a way just to be heard in general is pretty validating. So thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Is there, is there anything else that, that you want to share today or talk about today? Um, been spending a lot of time with my roommate's cats. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I think I'm, I'm really grateful for, for pets <laughs> right now. Yeah. It's been, it's been a good challenge in general for gratitude. Um, and that's something that I've always tried to cling to. And I'd written a song on my last record called Accept Treasure. Uh, like at the, and I put it at the end because I was like, I know myself and I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget about how good it feels to just feel gratitude for living. And... Um, and that's really hard to write something optimistic, you know, it's easy to dive in, but when you write something optimistic, there's that fear of being cheesy, but I think right now, like actual gratitude is occurring. So I'm curious, like, I'm curious to see what happens in this, in this timeline, you know, I'm going to hold myself accountable to this. I'll I'll check in with you, but, (laughs) um, maybe, maybe a song will be written. Maybe something will be revised. Maybe anything will happen, but. I'm grateful for the general outlook challenges that have been happening um, because the, the positive of all of this without any caveat has been to be like, you know what, you're alive, you still have your voice and you still have your friends. They're, they're just, you know, not in the same room and that's hard and you're allowed to, you're allowed to kvetch about that, but everything's going to be okay. And I hope people remember that it's, it's going to be okay. System. That's great. Um, I love that. 
Where can people, where can people find your music and learn more about you? Mm. Um, well, I have a website, uh, and it's, my name is spelled rather un unconventionally. When I, I, one of my first reviews in Chicago said that I was a typo waiting to happen. I was like, okay, well, can you talk about the music? <laughs> but it's, uh, Sasha Mullen and spelled the French way, Sasha Mullen, singular, I-N, uh, dot com. And there's also a band camp with my stuff. Uh, my stuff was on Spotify, but I have to renew the, the stuff. Okay. So. It'll come back one day. Maybe I'll do that later. I don't know. I got time to kill. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for for being on the show today. Thank you. This this was a this was a nice time. <laughs> and thanks for watching. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate you know that you've been coming on and checking it out, and I'm glad that you're finding it a useful resource. So. Yeah, and it's nice to see my friends. You know, they're and I'm like, oh yeah, there you are. You're alive. Good. <laughs> so that's absolutely. That's, has been validating and uh, I look forward to your song today. I'm not playing a song today. <laughs> oh, well then, okay. I didn't prep one. I, usually I do, um, but I I didn't prep one. Um, I have to get back to work pretty soon, so now I'm sad that I didn't, but. Uh, okay, well, yeah. the one yesterday was really lovely. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, well, I guess we'll say goodbye and hopefully talk to you soon. Sounds and, good. Uh, thank you again. Okay. Yeah, have there. Bye. All right. That was Sasha Mullen. That's a really great chat. Krissa, what does that say? I don't know what that says. Um, what does that mean? I mean, um, that was lovely. If you missed that, it's going to be on the uh, IGTV tab of Instagram, and then later I'm going to put it up on YouTube where the rest of them, uh, the rest of these videos are. You can find that link in my profile. Um, and I've got some really great guests coming up this weekend. I talked about them earlier, I won't repeat it all again. Um, if you want to check out my music, if you want to hear one of my songs today, go to Spotify, look up Jessica Risker and you can find my music. And uh, just your, your, your daily reminder to get outside today. Oh, thank you. I see. Um, to get outside today, to reach out to somebody and just say hi and, and check in. And uh, just keep hanging in there. I'll be back um, in a few days. Thanks for watching.